0: Let's get her done. Okay, rabbit. So I am seeing a lot of drivers get screwed lately by companies. Mm -hmm. No, I'm serious. Like, and I'm seeing like a a trend of of companies that are not giving drivers rides home if they quit. They're not um, giving them a ride home. If they don't make it through orientation, I'm serious. It's a trend. And the one thing that I'm seeing a lot of is the the companies, the trucking companies that are small that, you know, we call one truck Chuck, mm-hmm. like companies that have like usually... Five, ten, twenty 20 trucks, even trucking com- companies, upwards of 50 trucks. What they're doing is they're not giving reference. They're not giving the truck driver a reference. Mm-hmm.
1: That I've heard, like, I've heard a lot of problems with the references in the past, you know, in the past, past. And then now it's gotten more prevalent.
0: Right. What's happening is, you know, I, a lot of guys, I, you know. <sighs> As, as I'm talking to carriers, they're telling me their biggest issue right now when they're trying to hire a driver is they can't verify that the guy actually drove a truck. Mm-hmm. And most good companies, they don't want to hire somebody if they can't verify, one, he drove and his employment dates. Number two, his, you know, what he was hauling, what kind of trailer he was hauling, where he was hauling. And number three, his accident history. And it used to be drug and alcohol, but now Clearinghouse takes care of that. So they don't really need to, you know, check with each company. I'm sure they still do, but they get that through through, uh, the Clearinghouse. But what's happening is a lot of these one-truck chucks, you know, five-truck John or whatever the heck you want to call these guys, they'll hire the guy. The guy will be there for a year or two, three even. And when the driver quits, because a lot of times it's, you know, the smaller companies usually have crappy, crappier equipment. Yes. You know, cheaper. And and, and the reason they're cheaper equipment is because they're, they don't have the big budget a lot of times. I'm not putting the small company down for that. But when a truck driver leaves your company and you refuse to answer the phone to give him a, an employment verification, you're screwing the guy. He, he's given you a year, two years of your life, small trucking company, and you don't want to give him a five-minute reference to the next job he's going to because most likely, you're, you, you know, Ruth and they say never work for family-owned companies, mm-hmm. and most small companies are family-owned, and they take it personal. When you quit a job driver... Drivers, when you go to quit these small companies, they are going to take it personal no matter what. And I don't care if they're your best friend or not. A lot of times they are not going to cooperate with the trucking company that's trying to hire you and therefore you become a ghost in the industry, Ruthann.
1: No, I agree. And you know what else that bothers me when these companies do that is when you try to tell them as a person that's verifying or anything like that and you say, listen, you have to do this, they get rude to the company trying to verify a lot of times. And they'll say, well, you'll just have to wait till I get it or I don't have to do anything. They, they, they actually get very arrogant thinking that they don't have to do this. But by law, and FMCSA regulations require a trucking company to give these details of this employment to anybody that's looking for it. So if you're one of these smaller companies that feel as though you are riding, riding under the radar or, or don't need to give a verification, you're wrong. Because if someone wants to push hard enough, they can get you into the scopes of the FMCSA and get you investigated because of the fact that you are not cooperating by doing what's required by law
0: problem is they don't care. I mean, they, they really don't care. They're not compliant. These small companies, um, and, and even some mid-sized companies, they're not compliant, and they don't give a flying rat's ass about the driver. That's, see, that's really what it comes down to. I know, you know, a lot it, of drivers, they'll tell me, well, I go to these small companies because they care more.
1: No, they don't. They, 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 they want you to be a servant. They don't want to actually have you work with them and be part of a team.
0: Right. Well, you find out how much that you find out how much a trucking company cares when you're, for example, you, you maybe have an opportunity to get a better job or maybe buy your own truck or whatever the case is. And you go to quit and then they yeah. refuse to give you a reference. And then here's the other thing they do. They'll, a lot of these small companies, they charge an escrow. You know, So they might take out a couple thousand dollars out of the next, say, the first month of the driver's pay just in case he ab- uh, abandons the truck or he um, has any kind of damage, which, to be honest with you, is not legal for a company to take out an escrow on a company driver.
1: No, it's true. They that that's another thing that I heard some of these um companies are starting to do. Like you said, they want the driver like if you were hit and there's a a deductible that's required even though it wasn't your fault. The the company is using that escrow to cover the the um the copay that they would have to pay for you being hit even if it wasn't your fault.
0: Right, exactly. It's not a driver <laughs> You can't deduct the driver's pay. There's no docking pay. Docking pay is illegal. Okay. If if I dock you because you were late on a load, or I dock you because you had an accident and I'm making you pay the deductible, that's that's it's it's not your truck if you're a company driver. Now mm-hmm. it's different if you're the owner operator or a lease purchase driver. That's a little different because you are right. the one buying the truck. But For, for you to go to these trucking companies and have them start deducting escrows and everything. I just, so you guys know, and I want to, this is my advice to drivers. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to get, just get right into the advisory then. Um, be wise when you choose your trucking company. I'm serious. Don't. Don't take a trucking company because they have a, a 389 Peterbilt for you. Okay? Don't take a trucking company because they're going to keep you in like the running areas that you like. All right? Usually usually like the guys in the south, they stay south and they don't make any money. Take a job because the trucking company has a good reputation for paying. Okay? Take a job. All right? With a carrier that has freight. Very important. Right. Right now, with, with the spot market, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but with the spot market being down, f- you have to find a trucking company that has their own freight, has contracted freight, or they produce their own freight. Like, for example, a furniture hauler. A lot of times they, they build their own furniture and then they haul it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, Somebody like that. Um, um, I would tell you right now, stay away from the very small trucking companies that we were, we're talking about right now you know, five trucks, 10 trucks, 20 trucks, they are the ones that usually always tend, again, to take it personal when you go to quit. You might think you're making a couple dollars more now, but I've run into a lot of drivers lately, Ruthann, that are looking for jobs, and they, the only way... For them to get a job right now is to go with a trainer because the last five years of their life they've been driving for a, a small company that will not verify. They don't have 1099s, they don't have W-2s, they have zero proof. And then here's the other kicker. When they run their PSP, there's no inspections even on their PSP showing that they even work there. So somehow, some way they look like a ghost in the industry. And the last thing you want to do is work for a company like that. Work you buy or not buy, but drive for a company that reports to DAC. Or to rate. Right. because when you leave there, no matter what, they are automatically going to input your information into the DAC system and into in or into rate. Right. They're, they're both the same company, really. And when a trucking company goes to run your stuff, guess what? There's proof right there. Uh, your 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 uh, your employment dates are there. Your accidents are there. Your where you ran, what kind of trailers you pulled. It's all there. You have a light, You have a reference for at least the next ten years, Ruthanne.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's true. You should really, honestly pick a good company that you know will have a, a upstanding way of presenting themselves in society of trucking.
0: I would also ask any any trucking company that you're possibly going to go work for, are you charging me an escrow? I talked to a driver the other day. He said. He's, I guess he's one of those 1099 drivers. He said the company's taking $500 a week out until it reaches like three dollars or $4,000 for an escrow. Why? Well, in case a guy, you know, has damaged the truck or he abandons the truck, blah, 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 right? Okay. Well, guess what? It doesn't really matter. When that guy goes to quit that company, you, I guarantee you, driver, you are not getting your escrow money back guarantee it. Now listen, there is a small one or 5% of companies that will charge you an escrow and then give you, give it to you back. But 95% to 99% are never going to give it back to you. So when you quit and you leave a two week notice, you're just giving them two, two more weeks of pay. I can tell you that right now they are not going. And if they hold back two to three weeks of your pay, I wouldn't go work for them. This is just advice okay, that I'm seeing where drivers are getting screwed. They're not getting their last week's pay. They're not getting their escrow back. They're not getting rides home. So, in te- in turn, a lot of drivers we think get scared and they abandon trucks, which we always advise never to abandon a truck, but you you can almost not blame the driver when he knows the company's gonna keep his money, they're gonna keep his escrow, and they're not gonna give him a ride home. So now he's gonna drive the truck a thousand miles back to their terminal and then be screwed when he could be going to work for somebody else. It's kind of a dog eat dog situation in trucking.
1: I, I think what here here's some things that I would I would like to pose as questions. And this is not only for the driver to consider asking but also that maybe you could help answer as my mind's going through this. One, if a company's wanting to give you, you know, charge you an escrow as a company driver and when you ask them, "What are you charging me an escrow for?" and they're going to come back with the answers of in case you abandon our equipment, in case you have damages or or certain other like you're late, whatever these these questions are or answers are, you have to consider How many times has this company have this happen to where, okay, how many times have they had drivers just abandon their equipment and why? Why is this something that's happening to them? Is it because they're a really bad company then?
0: Exactly what I would be asking also. That's 100% your spot on there. Why driver, why are you, or I'm sorry, company, why are you asking for that escrow? Obviously, it sounds like you got a lot of abandoned trucks.
1: Yeah, that's what it's that's what I'm getting from that is if a company's going to sit there and say, "Well, in case you abandon my truck, I'm going to charge you an escrow in case you abandon my truck." All right. Um I don't understand why that would
0: be a question. No, it's it's obvious. Like I said, it's they are.
1: No, that was my response to the as a, as the driver to the company. Uh,
0: okay, yeah, no, I mean, th- I mean, and that's really what you want these drivers to start thinking. What if I'm getting charged an escrow? There's a reason why a company feels they have to charge an escrow. Meaning, there's a lot of drivers that are probably quitting there. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's really what I would tell you. Okay. Um, advice to trucking companies, stop keeping drivers money. Stop, stop holding them up. You know, if they're quitting and not providing a ride home with them. In fact, companies you're better off when you hire a driver, sit them down and, and let them know, bring your, if you ever go to quit, bring your truck, bring my truck back and I will 100% give you a ride home. Establish a trusting relationship with these guys. Okay. This this is really what I, and then really what I would really like to say, one last thing to trucking companies. I hope you get audited, you companies that are not verifying a man's work history. If a man comes and gives you a year of his life or two years of his life or three years of his life and he's loyal to you, don't take it personal when he quits. And, and and it doesn't really matter if it is personal. Okay, M- they say people don't quit jobs, they quit bosses. Maybe the guy's leaving you because you are an idiot. But it doesn't really, it shouldn't matter. You should be on board with being compliant with the rules. And the rules say you have 30 days to verify your driver's employment when he leaves there if someone sends you a reference with a signed release. So stop screwing drivers. And my advice to drivers that work for companies like you is not to work for you companies because you guys are the ones screwing up the drivers. And that's what I'm going to... I'm just going to leave it at that right then.
1: Hey, in this day and age with the internet, you really don't want to have a driver start, you know, badmouthing you in social media where it's really going to get around and... You want to take a, a high chance of, of losing your business by not having any drivers at all come and you'll just you'll go under.
0: Yeah. So anyways, uh, that's just advice from me to you guys. Ruthanne, moving on. Let's moving take a break. On, yeah. Drivers, if you're looking for a local home everyday driving job, apply with Carter Lumber Today. They have positions for class A and B local drivers they can take experienced drivers students and non-CDL drivers with over 160 locations chances are they have a position for you so go to carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL and apply today again that's carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL thank you if you're a driver looking for a new trucking job check out nci nci offers the following new kenworth t680s competitive wages solo team and students welcome plus a full benefit package for you and your family check them out today at 888-311-7076 that's 888-7076 and tell them talk cdl sent you Hey drivers, are you sick of watching the other drivers bypass the weigh station while you are held up going through yourself? Well, download DriveWise today at www.drivewise.com, that's D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E.com and start bypassing the scales yourself. If you're a small carrier, an owner-operator, or even a big fleet looking for something better, check out DriveWise today. And remember, there's no equipment, no transponders needed when you're using DriveWise. Check them out for a free download at www.drivewyze.com. Truck Parking Club is a network of instantly reservable daily and monthly truck parking locations throughout the U.S. Truck Parking Club helps connect truckers to truck parking locations throughout the U.S. via truckparkingclub.com. Our networks is made up of property owners that have locations adequate for truck parking to list on the platform. This includes trucking companies, storage companies, CDL schools, trailer leasing companies, real estate investors, truck parking operators, and more. Go to truckparkingclub.com today. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, listen, I got a little bit of good news. I mean, it's it's not like, you know, the perfect sunshine news, but we are in November, okay, which means we got Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, which means freight will increase. And I'm hearing reports that you know, with even with the insane inflation and low freight right now, that consumers are still spending money, which means the Christmas season is very optimistic. Which means you're gonna get more freight drivers over the next couple of months. You should be able to get some decent miles. I don't know. I don't know what um, the first quarter is gonna be like. But I just read a report. It says conditions for carriers could improve dramatically in the second quarter of 2024. Ruthann? Awesome. Well, now, it's great news. It's a great forecast. Nothing, you know, until it happens. But one of the things I keep telling people is the trucking industry is the first to see the bad times and the first to see the good times. And they're saying in the second quarter, it says, the second quarter may have the upper hand in negotiations with shippers at that time. It says after more than 18 tough months for many carriers, they should be preparing for higher volume and rates. So they're saying, you know, and I have a feeling it's really more because, you know, they started, what has it been about 10 months, maybe almost 12 months since the stimulus check stopped and they got people back on the assembly lines, there's people working now, um, and they're catching up to the supply chain. So if you think about that, maybe we'll have a surplus by the second quarter because usually the first quarter of every year, even in a good year, Ruthann, and we know that you have four quarters in a year and your first quarter, even in good times, is always the lowest out of all four quarters, correct? Yes, and, and it's normally because, and I'll, I'll spell it for everybody, drivers, you're going to get a lot of freight up till Christmas. And then for the first two weeks after Christmas, you got a lot of returns. So usually by this second to fourth week of January, okay, it'll drop off pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And then you usually have like, like I said, the latter half of January, February is usually a crapper. March is usually a crapper. And then usually at the end of March, sometime in April, it starts picking up. That's why they're saying the second quarter is going to be better for shippers and drivers or not. Sh- yeah, for shippers, rather. Or for for trucking companies, rather. I'm tongue-tied today. I had that last time. I know. Oh, my gosh. Um, but anyways, it says, uh it says they should continue to right-size their business. This is shippers and receivers cut costs where possible and be ready to offer volume and service to current and prospective shipper customers. This is for the trucking companies. He said, "What, what can shippers do as the market begins to turn? Because this is what they're expecting, the market to start turning back to where it's a carrier's market instead of, right now it's a shipper's market where there's not enough freight for carriers and therefore you're looking at lower rates. Um, it says as it's shifting back towards the truck drivers and the trucking companies market, they should prepare now for benchmarking their freight costs against data, locking in contract rates or using index link contracts to manage rate capacity risk. So they're saying these shippers really should prepare now to start getting giving out contracts because as the market turns, rates are going to go up. So they should start preparing to negotiate some permanent um, rates before the rates go back up higher. Hmm. See, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and if I was you, you trucking companies and which I'm sure a lot of them are, I, I once talked to a a, a, a trucking company that had like 50 trucks and he said, it's really hard for a small company to get a contract. I don't think, I think they still can. If I was them, I would hire a salesman to talk to these shippers and find out if, if you know, if they have trucks in where their lead haul freight is to try to negotiate a contract. It would, you know, it's nice if you have a two, three year contract with negotiated rates and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't hurt to, you know, when the market does go up, you know, increase your fleet to also grab some of that higher spot market rate. You know mm-hmm. what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I'm just saying it it I believe it's strategic and this is what these trucking companies should do. But really more more or less I'm trying to give drivers a little bit of good news. There's no guarantee drivers that it's going to be a lot better, but experts have been predicting they've been predicting that this coming year 2024 is going to get us back to normality, and it it really is, Ruthanne. it's on track right now because of the freight being produced, and if you get enough freight, okay, and there's demand, then obviously money's going to go up, and drivers are going to make more money.
1: Well, I think it's, you know, like you said, the freight itself, that the items themselves are being produced again. Um, everybody's getting back into their little stockpile and their warehouses and so forth. And not only that, but the minimum wage is actually going up too. So what's happening is people's income is going to start start settling to, to be able to, to compensate for that hike in, in prices of other stuff too. So all the economy itself is starting to level out that way which is really great that the warehouses are starting to get their products stored up into it so that we can start shipping everything.
0: Absolutely. So it's all going to catch up and mm-hmm. equal out. You know, I, you know. last week we reported that over 15,000 trucking companies have gone out of business since the beginning of the year. I just seen a new report. It said actually it's over 35,000. Well. But here's the problem. In 2020, there was 253,000 registered authority numbers, okay? Right now, there's 363,000. No, there's over 100 and some thousand extra right now. That's
1: what I'm saying. They're still there.
0: <laughs> right. Well, what I'm getting at, though, is, okay, so you lost 35,000, and what experts are saying is you really need to purge more. A lot. A lot more needs to go. In order for it to balance outright, and to be honest with you, it's like anything else. It's it's the the survi- the ones that can survive are going to survive. Mm-hmm. The ones that didn't. I was talking to a trucking company the other day. He said, really, what hurt a lot of companies that are going out of business? They didn't save for the rainy day. A lot of them, they were making money hand over foot, and then they were going out and buying yachts and mm-hmm. and and and, and big
1: extra houses,
0: RVs, you know, Corvettes or not Corvettes, wives. But, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, their wives. But 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 really, bottom line is that's what happens. Some people are smart with their money, and a lot are not. And that's why you're going to see more because there's more that are just hanging on. In fact, I've seen a lot of guys with their own authority right now. They're taking their trucks and leasing on to trucking companies, and and hoping to 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 survive to where they can wait it out until the market goes back up. And
1: then go back to their own authority.
0: Yeah, exactly. So obviously like a lot of, one of the thing, one of the good things for like, like the owner operator, the guy with one truck. Now I'm not talking about the trucking company. I'm just talking about an owner operator. Mm -hmm. He learned how to dispatch himself in when the market was good. Uh, Right now it's hard for him to keep things going because of the rates suck. And you know, there's a lot less of freight. But when the market does go back up, yes, these guys can turn their authority back on, these smaller guys, you know, that have one truck, and start running again and making money. So that's what they're hoping for. And we're pulling for everybody. We don't Mm -hmm. want to see anybody hurt. Um, But the market can't bear as many trucks that are in there right now.
1: No, well, it will equal out eventually. And the ones that are... are good will stick around and the ones that are not very well not very good or nice they will
0: go away correct so one last thing I've got moving on, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> no, I just I just find do you remember do you remember a few months ago we, we reported about actually I think you brought it up there was a, a heist in Philly of uh, a trailer with a, a truckload of dimes? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's this this says uh, theft of two million dimes linked to truck cargo robbery spree. It, it, it's interesting the way this worked out. There's a reason why thieves are stupid.
1: Well, when you have to depend on stealing instead of using your brain.
0: Right. Well, listen to this it says federal authorities have released more details and unsealed charges in the theft of more than two million dimes earlier this year from a tractor trailer that had picked up the coins from the U S mint in Philadelphia. The truck driver was bound for Miami when he pulled into a parking lot to sleep on April. You know, most trucking companies never ever will hire you if you've had a trailer stolen. And to me, I still am amazed that there weren't guards guarding a trailer load of money. (laughs) But anyways, this sounds stupid, doesn't it? It says, during the night, thieves made off with a portion of its cargo of $750,000 in dimes, a shipment weighing about six tons, authorities had said earlier. Thousands of coins were scattered all over the lot in Northeast Philadelphia. The Philadelphia Inquirer reports that prosecutors contend that the theft, which they say now totaled two hundred thirty-four thousand five hundred dollars in stolen dimes, was part of a spree of robberies from tractor trailers passing through the region. That also netted the thieves frozen crab legs, shrimp, meat, beer, and liquor. You know what that reminds me? Of? It reminds me of like The Sopranos or one of those <laughs> one of those Italian <laughs> movies, right? Where where they show in New York City, they're always they're always robbing the track the tractor trailers, you know, and, and and stealing them and then selling the stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's uh, it still goes on today. I'm not saying I'm not saying that these guys were were mafia. I'm just saying it's it's funny. Okay, so it says detectives said at the time that surveillance video showed six men dressed in gray hoodies and armed with bolt cutters approaching the truck in the middle of the night and breaking into it then loading the coins into smaller bags and into a waiting truck. Guess the driver just stayed sleeping, right? It says the incident unsealed Friday alleges that after the theft, are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. Thousands of dimes were converted into into cash at coin machines in Maryland or through deposits to at least four different suburban Philadelphia banks the newspaper. So somebody actually tried to cash this stuff in right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, how stupid. It says four Philadelphia men, 25-year-old Raheem Savage, 31-year-old Ronald Byrd, 30-year-old Hanif Palmer, and 32-year-old Malik Palmer face conspiracy, robbery, theft of government money, and other charges. You believe that? Do you remember in the movie... Um, what was it called? Uh, my favorite one. Which one is that? Good, Goodfellas, where they rob the airport, right? And they get like two million in cash. And this, the security guards in on it, right? He's the guy that is there and lets them in, blah, blah, blah. And then they get it, right? And De Niro and the other leaders are like, all right, lay low, we just got $2 million. Now lay low. And the very next day, one guy shows up with a pink Cadillac that he bought his wife and a, and a big fur coat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so so they're all in. They're all in in on it. And they're all out there the very next day spending money like they're millionaires. Right. So, you know, that's what happened here. These guys, they rip off all these. Di- you, you know what, guys? My advice to you thieves, if you're a thief, can I give advice to thieves? <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> Okay, my advice is lay low. Take take, take a little um, advice off of Goodfellas. You know, you, you get a tractor tra- trailer load of dimes. Wouldn't you think for the next year even, they're going to be watching for a mass load of dimes being unloaded or cashed in somewhere within?
1: I, I would think that they
0: would be. Hello. dear. Yeah. Yeah, no like,
1: matter where it's at it's still they're going to be looking for
0: it it's like robbing gold and then cashing gold in mm-hmm. or 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 robbing a painting museum and then f- fencing i mean you don't cash that stuff in right away and now of course they couldn't stand it you know what i mean oh my gosh we got all this money in the where in in the lair yeah. the, <laughs> in the hideout right we 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 got to cash it in they couldn't sta- they couldn't wait could they so, anyways, you four guys, now you're screwed.
1: Well, you know what? They deserved it. If they're going to steal, this is what happens. If you can't be smart enough to do it right, I don't
0: know what else to say. <laughs> hey, you know how I said most trucking... I was just actually talking to a company the other day, and they were talking about some of the things with truck drivers that they refused to ever hire, mm-hmm. and 90% of them... If you had a trailer that was stolen or a truck and trailer that was stolen, you're going to find it very hard to get employment. Because a lot of times, and you know what the trucking companies will tell you? The guy was in on it. Oh, yeah. The, the driver. I'm, I am mean, I'm not accusing this no, driver. It didn't
1: happen every time, but it's the consensus that, you know.
0: He's in on it. He's in on it. I'm, I'm not accusing this driver of being in on the dime theft. But I am saying a lot of times the driver is in on it.
1: Well, you know what? I remember when we'd be backed into a dock, you know, and there'd be people walking around in the trailer.
0: You can feel it.
1: Yes. You can feel it. So if you had two, three, four guys, this was four guys here, so let's just say three guys running around or two guys in the trailer, They, you have to feel those little bit of movements even if it's enough to, for you to wake up and go, what was that? You know, you gotta, you gotta know that there is something going on and then, you know, look out your mirrors and see, you know, them running back and forth to some other vehicle and, and, and them whispering or something. There's, they're not quiet and, and they're not like toddlers trying to escape out their crib where it's really stealthy.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, it's questionable, but, I guess we'll we'll find out if if, you know, later on more charges come about. Anyways, moving on, Ruth Ann, what do you got for us this week? You got some what what state are you up to this week in I'm in Mass. In Mass, mm-hmm. Massachusetts. You know, I used to run through Massachusetts a lot. I used to run up to Boston. I used to run to Boston to Franklin Cisco. Man, was that, I know drivers are right now going, what a place. It's a Cisco warehouse we used to have to deliver to in a rural neighborhood. So if it was like 20 below zero, you still had to shut your truck off while you were waiting to get in there.
1: I remember going to Nico.
0: That sucked. Anyway, so what do you got for Mass? A A place to visit in Mass?
1: In Sudbury, Massachusetts. I got the Wayside Inn.
0: The Wayside Inn.
1: It's the oldest continuously operated inn in the United States. Oh, really? hmm It was once owned by Henry Ford, and also the original owner was Henry Longfellow, but the reasoning is, is Henry Ford bought it and kind of updated it a little bit, and he thought it was an awesome place to continually have a inn, and now it's an inn and it's got like a little restaurant in it, but it goes back and has like historic facts and little documents and stuff like that. But it's supposedly a really beautiful place to stay at.
0: Yeah, I was just looking at it. It is beautiful. And it, and what I like about it the most is it's not even near Boston. It's over towards the the hills, you know, like almost like a little cabin type of setting. So if a driver is wanting to take a little break and maybe catch a cabin or at the inn for the night, it would be... a Pretty nice, relaxing little night. What do you think?
1: It would look like it, yes. Yeah,
0: I like that. Very good. Do you have anything else from Mass?
1: I have a few off-the-grid things that we would use. Most times people think of Massachusetts as being like Salem and witches and all that other weird stuff, but they don't really think about ski resorts. Okay. So there are 13 known ski resorts in Massachusetts itself, but there are three very well known ones the Washuset Mountain, the Ski Butternut, and the Jimmy Peak or Jiminy Peak.
0: Jiminy Peak.
1: Mm-hmm. So if you are a skier or would like to go skiing, one of these times that you are in Massachusetts, you could go and check out one of the three top ski resorts. Or you could check out some of the other ones. Like I said, there are 13 different ones in there that go from New York all the way up to the very
0: top. You know, if I was back over the road, I would purposely try to, you know, if I was going to like have two, three days off somewhere and I wasn't going home, I would love to find a cabin with a fireplace. And even if you don't ski. You know, a lot of those places rent jet, or not jet skis, but um, snowmobiles, and you can go riding and, you know, trail riding and all other stuff at a lot of those places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, awesome. That was very nice for you then. Is that it for Mass?
1: Yes, that is. All right, cool.
0: So, do you have the word of the day today? I do. All right, and so what is the word? Capricious? Capricious. 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 Okay. So what does capricious mean?
1: Given to sudden and unaccountable changes of mood or behavior.
0: You're looking at me. <laughs> Am I capricious? Yes. <laughs> That's actually funny. Everybody knows somebody capricious. Mood swings, just like so basically mood swings.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, given to sudden. And unaccountable changes of mood or behavior. Yeah, I would say that would be kind of like a, a different term for, for.
0: Swing uh, mood swings. So, what are we talking? Bipolar, capricious. Do you have a sentence?
1: During the autumn
0: months, the weather
1: can be quite capricious. I had to stay on my toes when working with the capricious
0: chef. Yeah, interesting.
1: I wonder if that would be like. Hell's Kitchen Chef. Mm. Capricious Chef.
0: So, Ruthann, before we leave, um, let's mention the truck shows. Um, Louisville this year, you got our booth number again? Or don't you have it with you? Um, I believe
1: it's 6610, but let me look it up real quick because I don't have it open.
0: Yeah, we would love it if you guys would stop in and say hi to Troy and Ruth Ann. And uh, hang out with us. Uh, we, there's a couple of people that are probably going to meet us there, Ruthann. And, you know, there's some safety directors that wanted to stop in and interview and hang out at the booth. So we should have a pretty good little crowd hanging out this year.
1: It's booth number 66105.
0: 66105 at the Louisville Truck Show. Stop in and hang out with us. Um, and that is in March, right, Ruthann?
1: Yeah, I believe we have a corner booth, right?
0: I, yeah, we have a corner booth. And then also... We're going to be at the truck show in Fort Lauderdale this year, and that's in February. And, you know, we never, you know, it's funny. We live near the Chrome Shop, and they have, like, a beautiful truck show every year, but we always have, like, one of our daughter's competitions, always on that same dang weekend. So we never get to the the I-75 truck show which has been growing and growing and growing. So even though I believe that's in April, Ruthann. Usually, yeah, it's in April. Yeah, so if you guys get a chance, get over there. And listen, y'all, we appreciate all the emails and the the uh, letters that you give us, we definitely want to get some more drivers on here for interviewing. Ben, you're going to be on. We've got a, 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 a young man named Xavier that's going to be on possibly this coming week. And uh, so anybody that's really wanting to be, to be interviewed, give us a shout. We'd love to have you on the show. Um, don't forget to uh, send us your videos. Send us any news or anything like that you'd like us to report on. And Ruthann, I think that is the podcast for the week. We're out of here. Or did you have something else?
1: Um, I did. I wanted to mention one thing quick. Wreaths Across America right now is needing some more carriers. And it is that time where they start getting prepared for it. So if you are looking to do or wanting to contribute to Wreaths Across America, contact them to set up. Awesome.
0: We're out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.